Welcome to Human Potential at Work, the show where we explore social impact, inclusion, and empowerment of everyone, including persons with disabilities. Your host is Deborah Rue, CEO of Rue Global Impact and co-founder and chairwoman of Billion Strong, an identity and empowerment organization designed to bring billions of voices of persons with disabilities together. To join the global community and to donate to the cause, visit billion-strong.org. That's billion-strong.org. And now on to the episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Deborah Rue, and this is Human Potential at Work. Uh, today, I'm joining from a cold day, cold, wet day in Virginia. So I have a hat and a coat on, and I might be losing my coat in a little while. And, and my guest is joining us from Mexico, so she's got a T-shirt on. But Alicia B. Forrester Scott and I have become really good friends. She actually reached out to me on LinkedIn and I have a lot of people that reach out to me on LinkedIn, but she really stood out. And then she actually came and visited me in person and met my family. I don't know. I just love Alicia. And I love what she's doing. And I really know that y'all will love what she's doing as well. So I wanted her to be my special episode on December 22nd, 2022. We're recording this. She's going to, it's going to come out in January, but yeah, we just had the winter solstice. So woohoo. But let me start by doing a visual description. I am a mature woman with white, gray, and purple hair. I have on a little beanie cap today, and I've got on a leather jacket and brown glasses. And I'm really excited about Alicia B. Forrester Scott, but I'm going to call her Alicia B. And I know that my producer was asking in the background, her name is Alicia B. And I said, no, yes, but I'm going to have you explain it, Alicia B. And also maybe you'll do a visual description as well. But I will say she is the founder and the CEO of Wind Bees Earth PLC. She has a book that's about to come out and she's involved with so many cool things, including pain, making sure that people that have are living with chronic pain, like my beautiful daughter with Sarah Rue, that we have options. And so I just love all the things that she's into. She's also into something that we're working on with her called Air Coins, and we love what they're doing. We're going to have a fun, lively conversation today. But Alicia, why don't you start by telling the audience a little bit about who you are, giving a quick visual description and tell us why your name is Alicia B. Forrester Scott. Hi, Deborah. Hi, everyone. Human Potential at Work community. So nice to be here. And I look forward to this conversation. I love you, Deborah, And I love Sarah and your family so much that I have some of your daughter's artwork in my home. And I want to give a visual description of myself. I am a Caucasian female. I am in my 40s. I have a weird haircut. I have some bangs in front, some shaved sides of my head, and long hair in the back. And I'm wearing a like cream-colored t-shirt that has a smiley face on it that says, have a nice day. And as Dever mentioned, today I'm joining this call from my apartment that is in Jalisco, Mexico. And I am certainly Alicia B. I can tell you that I am Alicia B because I learned about bees over 10 years ago now, and it changed my life and a lot of my opinions about how I'm living my life. And I noticed that people do not know very much about bees. And so I want to talk about them more. And so having it in my name is a good way I can do that. 
I agree. And I know a lot about bees and we all should be really scared about what's happening with our bees because our bees actually are involved with our food supply, our food chain. Yeah. But so you love bees, but tell us more about that. Um, I would like to share maybe one minute story, if it is all right, about how I even got into bees, because it's not because I was just born some really nice person that wanted to take care of the earth. I was born into a family that was busy and we didn't pay a lot of attention to the earth other than sometimes growing our own food or our family did. And also, I did not have a lot of awareness about the natural world. I was raised in an environment where that was not the main focus. And so as an adult, I found a bee on the ground one day on a walking path, and it was shaking. And it was the weirdest, kind of scary thing I had seen. And I wondered why the bee was shaking. I had never seen a bee that close. And it didn't look like a mean, scary bee that would sting me. It looked like a suffering bee. And I remember that experience stayed with me, but I didn't really look it up or do anything about it. And then one week later, another bee, it was in my house this time. And I saw a bee in the house and it was on the ground. This one wasn't shaking. This one was writhing in pain. Slowly, it looked like really slow. I didn't know what to do. I was very confused. Why is there a bee in my house? Why am I paying attention to bees? Why is this another bee that's doing things that I didn't know bees do and shake on the ground? And finally, a couple weeks later, I was in a different place, saw two bees that were dead on a bench. And I finally looked it up that day. Why are the bees dying? And here I am. I learned about the food supply chain. I learned about how pollinators relate to most everything we enjoy in life, fruits, nuts, but fruits and nuts and vegetables and spices and beauty. And so I really turned my personal interest into something I can do professionally since I've become so obsessed with the idea about bees and helping them. And why, why do bees shake? Now you got me curious. Why was that bee shaking on the ground? From what I believe, I've understood because I didn't have anyone to ask. I didn't, there was no real way to tell exactly why. From what I can understand, it was chemicals. It was a chemical issue and it had disabled the bee's ability to fly or navigate. So it was dying from probably neonicotinoid exposure, which is found like some of the more popular weed killers or even some of the fertilizers. So that's probably why is a chemical issue. The other issues yeah. that I've learned since then, though, Deborah, are loss of habitat is the biggest issue. For There's not a lot of untouched natural places anymore. And as you can imagine, it's harder for any animal to find places mm -hmm. to get what they need. Bees are the same way. So habitat restoration and chemicals are some of the major issues. And I know that from there, you started expanding into more natural stuff. But before we go there, I'm going to bring up a subject that you have taught me about, but it's a tough subject. You were raised in a cult. 
And it's interesting because it's, I had actually seen this very troubling show on Netflix right when I met you. And then you told me a little bit and I was like that, wow, I just was watching a special on Netflix about this. And so I asked you before we went on air, if this is something you wanted to talk about, because would I talk about, once again, human potential at work? Where my my producer Doug came up with that name, but I love it because there's so many there's so much to who you are and why you are here, really making a difference. But some of it is because of the abuse and the trauma that you experienced, and of course we can talk about a little bit later about the lens of pain as well. So, can we talk a little bit about your challenging childhood? I'll say it like that. Absolutely. How would you like to talk about it? Do you have any specific questions or would you like me to share anything in particular? I would just say give maybe give an overview in any way you want, because I know this is a difficult subject. And so I want to honor you with that and let you decide where you want to go. And if you can go there, because I'm going to look at your face. And if you do not have to cover anything that's going to upset you, Alicia. We're all, honestly, anybody that listens to this program cares about the world and people. So the thing Thanks, I Deborah. love about your story is that you used some really horrific things that happened to you and continued to happen to you as a way to really evolve as a really dynamic, amazing person that's fighting for others and the bees and so much more. So we sometimes have very difficult childhoods. I had a very difficult childhood. I don't want it to be, what do they call it? The who had the worst childhood. Oh, okay. fortunately, I think you did, but mine was so hard and it actually made me who I am. It made me very empathetic and very compassionate, but it also it can break you. And I didn't go through some of the things you went through. So you actually share whatever you feel comfortable sharing to ground your story. Okay. All right. That's, I can do that. And I'll certainly communicate if there's anything that I start on a track or don't want to go down that track that I want to reverse from. For myself, I suppose I'll relate this to the bigger picture, which is like where we're sitting in this place today right now, me and my body, you and yours. And each of our journeys is so cool because we're still here. We get to talk about where we've been, what we've done, who we've loved. And that's my story as well. I have just a regular life. I'm a regular human. I have lived a privileged life. I was born a, into a lucky situation. I've always had food. I've always had water. I've always had a place to live and clothes to wear, shoes on my feet and jobs to get. And I really realized that for a long time, that, is, that was my worldview. I had to make everything good from those things. I, Whatever I could look at the world through positive lens, I would do it because things were really challenging at home. I was raised in an environment where magical thinking and cognitive dissonance and abuses of all sorts mixed together in some sort of a daily set of like really uncomfortable feelings and thoughts and situations and being forced constantly to make weird decisions and that weren't really even decisions. There's only one good answer, right? Put in a box when you live in a cult. And my particular family, as I come to find out later, they're so involved in the cult that it ends up splitting our family. And 
we all try to play nice for a certain amount of time to each other because we're taught to treat each other one way, but underneath the surface, everyone's really unhappy. And really where I've come from, my pain is that it is a thread. Pain is just a thread that's needled throughout the life of my, throughout my life. And I expect pain to be present. I have since experienced even other types of pain. I'm a mother. That was the craziest pain. That having childbirth is the craziest pain. And then I've had pains from emotional pains that I cracked up from. I've had a lot of reasons to give up, feel like I, I should give up. And then coming back to how this all starts is born into this world in a mysterious way. And I survived in a mysterious way, <clears throat> try to make the best of things and find something that I believe in is worth living for. I mean, I'm and not sure if you relate to that, but I think from our no, previous no, conversations, you relate to that. <laughs> you all relate to that. And also, I just want to say that she was able to make sure her daughter was not raised in a cult. And so that I think you should be really proud of. I do feel proud. Thank you for saying that. I, I do I feel mean, proud of that. It is the weird dynamic because my family still much, many of them are, we're not able to be in the same family anymore. It feels because yeah. you have to be in the cult to be in the family, essentially, within your real. But if you lead the cult, up, right. They're not, you, you're banished. You're, you're just owned, basically. Yeah, you're, you're told that bad things are going to happen to you because you've changed your mind about everything. And for myself, having a daughter was like the keystone of my existence and made some pretty bad choices as a young mother that really affected me for a long time. I perpetuated my own grief, misery, and pain until when does that stop? I don't know, for every person it's different, but I had to get sick a few times, had to ask for help a lot. I've had to find out what I know, what I like, what I don't know, what I don't like, and try to understand, sorry, I did a lot of you, <laughs> but try to understand myself more so that I can forgive myself for being so silly or in earlier or life forgive others for putting you in those situations mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah that's been a part of it is forgiving my relationship yeah to others yeah. Yeah. and i just wanted to acknowledge this because these challenges can make us very strong if they don't break us and sometimes they break us along the way so i just wanted to note that Alicia's unusual, hopefully unusual background. Hopefully too many people aren't growing up in these kind of cults, but it is happening. And it also is one of the reasons why you're living in Mexico right now, even though you still do live in the States and you're proud to be an American. But I, one of the things that we talk a lot about in this show is how do we take what we were given and then use it to contribute to society? One thing that we've done at my company, we've really struggled with cash flow and finances, especially during this pandemic. And I've been late paying employee. Oh, it's horrible. I owe you the one thing you should expect for your employers being paid on time. And the reason why I'm saying that is the reality is this is hard right now. I lost my beautiful husband, two of my brothers. We are all walking major trauma and have been for a while, but you actually were born into it. 
and still survived and thrived. And, and I know it's hard and I'm going to shift the conversation because I know you well enough also that I can see you holding your face and I love you. So I can see that this is still a very hard topic for you. So yeah, let's shift a little bit and let's talk about some of the efforts, which is how you and I met. Why are you in these conversations about pain management and chronic pain? Are you, have you yourself lived with chronic pain? And I've told you this and I've said to the audience, I knew that my daughter, Sarah, was born with Down syndrome with 35 now. I knew a few years ago, something changed and all of a sudden her, it, she just was, she wouldn't, she just had started to have major behavior problems, major relationship issues. She just, I don't know. I seemed to lose control of her behavior as a mother and what I found out years later was my daughter was living with serious chronic pain and she went in the hospital for a while and she's a lot better, but she still lives with chronic pain. She is on chronically on Tylenol. She could be on heavier stuff. We're trying to not do that because it's hard to live with some of that heavy stuff. But I know this is how you and I first started the conversation. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, I would, I really have an affinity for the topic of pain and my own story with pain is neurological, physical, emotional, and I've had serious, serious illness and I've had serious injuries before that in my adult life. But if I think back to being a kid, I was a tough kid that was an athlete. I was strong. I was raised with boys. I was the only girl cousin and tons of boys in my neighborhood. So I was raised to be a competitor and in a competitive environment where it wasn't about girls and boys. It was about how hard could you go? How fast can you be? How much fun can you have? And you get hurt a lot when you do those things, right? So being a tough little kid, though, you learn to deal with pain. And then there's all these other types of pain that happen in life. And pretty soon, I think I really, I thought that pain was just something you dealt with and collected as you went and you hope that it didn't take you down. My relationship with pain as an adult was much, much more clarified. And I have a much better relationship with pain now. I don't ignore pain in, in my body, in my mind, anywhere. I don't ignore it anymore or assume it's supposed to be there. I don't do anything but acknowledge it's there so that I can try to decide how quickly I can solve this pain issue. And I've had broken bones that the recovery of these broken bones were was a fascinating journey because I had limited access to real, like a normal life. For the first time, I had I was immobile in new ways and I was not able to eat in the same way for a long time. So I had to find out how to get out of pain and in, in new ways. So in my family, we have had bad luck with pills and addiction. I've had, I've lost a cousin from addiction. We've had really serious, terrible things that happen from addiction in our family on both sides of my family. So pain pills, maybe in that situation scared me and I'm not really sure what to do when I'm in pain because pain just changes your thoughts. It changes your needs. It changes your awareness. It changes your tolerance. Yeah, I be, I've watched myself be a really big grouch 
in ways I didn't expect because I was in pain and that was the only reason. My heart was still, I was still a good person, but I still felt like an angry, mad person. Yeah, and I'm sure that there's a lot I can say about pain that everyone would recognize as like a universal truth. But specifically for me, I wanted to find a way to come to terms with pain on a daily basis until I can get out of it as much as possible. Like how I can improve my health while still dealing with pain. And that's where, that's the long answer to everything is my relationship with pain and my desire to be out of pain and how I realize there are certain dangerous ways that you can get out of pain and there are less dangerous ways to get out of pain. I wanted to be in the less dangerous category. And so either pharmacology from plants, all sorts of plants. We have so many plants on this planet and there are some very smart people that put the best of extractions from plants together. And that's where I'm at with things is working with the scientists, the extraction specialists, the farmers, putting together education and information and products that will help people that are in chronic pain like Sarah, your daughter. I also want to just remind the audience that unfortunately, when you leave a cult, that means you leave. They, you do not get any support. You don't get any. You leave with the clothes on your back. And so there are documentaries out there about it. So I just want to remind the audience that as Alicia was rescuing herself, she had to do this completely alone. So it's there are others maybe from the cult that you can get up with to help, but it is really hard to do it. So I just wanted to acknowledge that real quick. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks thanks on you, Sarah. I love that I called you your daughter's name. I love that. I obviously have Sarah on the brain and her, again, I'm looking at her artwork right here. You're Um, looking at her. She's so, yeah. But thank you, Deborah, for acknowledging that for myself. I'm, I'm aware of how hard other people's lives are and it's not a comparison, but it's all relative. So if anyone is listening and has been in the same situation, I think there's an acknowledgement to each of ourselves that some people have it worse still. It doesn't matter what you've been through, but there's way worse things that can happen than what happened to me. And also, I was able to ask for help. Education really taught me that I could ask for help. That's what I learned is I could ask for help. And because of that, I was able to get the help that I needed from people that are outside myself because I was not aware or strong enough to do it on my own. And I've heard people say, this isn't the suffering Olympics. Let's not. But at the same time, I I think sometimes we discount what we really walked, the depth of the trauma that we walked, because maybe somebody else had it worse than you. I know that I am a sadly multiple sexual abuse survivor for multiple people. And I went to, finally, I got myself to a counseling session as a young woman. And when I was hearing the other stories, I thought, oh my God. I had it so much easier and I didn't go back. And I think sometimes we use that as a way not to help ourselves. So I that just- That is an aspect of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can ignore yourself and try to minimize your own pain. Yeah. Because mine wasn't as bad as theirs because theirs was horrible. And we know that the life is complicated. Times are complicated or even more complicated. But so what did you, 
where did you go with the pain? Because I, I agree with you. I believe in the plant medicines. I do. I believe in the plant medicines. I, I think plants are so beautiful. And I, I would rather use plant, assuming science and medicines behind it, to heal something than a chemical that was come out of the lab. Now, I might be naive and not know what I'm talking about because maybe it's perfectly fine for things to come out of the lab. But I personally have not had good. I have not. I don't like prescription drugs. I don't like all the side effects. They actually hurt my husband. It made his brain worse, made the dementia harder. So I haven't had a lot of luck with pharmaceuticals, but at the same time, pharmaceuticals have been a blessing. I just had carpal tunnel surgery and they put me underneath. They anesthesiized me, if that's the right word. Thank goodness. I didn't want to feel the pain. So I appreciate modern medicine, but I really, really appreciate herbal and plant and mushroom and fungi. I'm so into all of that stuff too. And I know you are as well. So tell us more about that. I didn't know about your carpal tunnel surgery. So I, how are you feeling right now, actually? I'm much better. And I'm sorry I keep hitting things, but I actually did talk to you about it. But by the time I'm putting up a little thing where my one surgery was, it was already so far gone. And you were like, oh, I wish I'd known because I could have helped you. But at that point, my- oh, I thought you were saying you got a new one. And then I did this one. I did my right side and then I oh, did my left so the Oh, so the left one is new. Yes. They're, both of them are, mm-hmm. were done this year. But here in the United States, as we have these gigantic, massive deductibles, especially if you're a small business owner like me, $6,000. And so I was like, get them done in the same calendar year, get them done because it's very expensive. I'm glad that you got yours done. That's a, I've heard is very painful injuries oh. to, to sustain. I, I am grateful you got them finished despite all this financial turbulence that prevents us from getting our medical bills paid on time as we need. And amazing. Or doesn't allow us to go to the doctor. It's just amazing all over the world. And here in the United States, people do not mm-hmm. get the support or the help they need. Because, mm-hmm. And if you go and I'm not going to get upset about this, but I had a really friend of mine die Aww. and she died because she, she was a person that was living in massive chronic pain pretty much her whole life because of who she was. And I don't want to say who it was. And she start, finally could not stand the pain anymore, started taking prescribed opiates and it just took her life away. It ruined her life. It, it The pain went away, but her personality changed, her husband, her child. It was horrible what this drug did to this beautiful soul. And at, during the funeral, one of the few funerals I actually went to, I was like, we cannot blame her. We know as society what these drugs do to us. And then we're surprised that people get addicted to them. Let's so, talk about drugs and addiction. I'm going to be real. I've tried drugs. I've tried, I've abused drugs in that one time I tried a Xanax for no reason. Uh, I tried a half a Xanax and my experiences of what not to do (laughs) is where I'm going with this, which is my memory was wiped from half a Xanax. I don't remember about nine or 10 hours of time and the things that people told me that I was doing and where I was at and full conversations I was having with zero memories of it. I've had some experiences tell me that for myself, that's not functional way to operate in this world. You can't go driving a car 
around when you don't remember your day and expect to keep yourself and others safe. So the what not to do with addiction and trying drugs is something I have experimented with at different levels with different drugs and some pharmacology, some pharmaceuticals, some very bad harsh pills that you do take that you, when you need, and then you shouldn't take them after you don't need them. I'm from a family that takes pills as part of forgetting hard things or as part yes. of... I'm a fan as a family of that too. You always get pills. You always get right. pills for something and you trust the pills. And so for me, going into mending broken bones or neurological issues, nerve pain, bone pain, muscle pain, tissue pain, these are all different pains, let alone the anxiety of all this stuff going on. My my journey started away from pills, knowing that I've had experiences that are embarrassing or that I feel terrible in my actual stomach from pills. And we're talking about plant medicine. Cannabis, for many people, is a number one less expensive resource for the fix-all. It'll help your brain feel better. It'll help you get your mind off. So then you have cannabis, and then you have hemp, which is the cousin of, of cannabis. And there's differences. And so you have two plants so far that I know I like. And then you talked about like nutritional mushrooms, right? There's nutritional oh, mushrooms. Lion's mane. I just lion's found lion's mane. Cordyceps like, is another one. Lion's mane. And there's a list of common ones. So we have mushrooms. Now, this past summer, I had a research project that ended up with me learning about an entirely new type of anti-inflammatory called flavonoids. And I had researched a group for farming. I was trying to find a farm that could grow some nice sun-grown organic plants that could we could extract certain things from plants and put them into products for pain or you name it. And this farm I found was in Florida. I asked them for a meeting. They agreed to it. The meeting went great. After my after the meeting, they said, there's a few questions you had we need to ask the people in charge of the company about, so we'll connect you with them. We set up another meeting. Long story short is after the meeting, I was sent a clinical observational study about these flavonoids and showed that it was acting very like powerfully, 30 times more powerful than aspirin and other non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. But flavonoids are bizarre because they're like vitamins. Every green plant you see out there has flavonoids in it. Every plant has a certain different amount of flavonoids in it. And when you, if you can isolate and extract those different flavonoids from the leaves and the stems of plants, you can mix them together and get a lot of different effects. But who's to say which plants are the most important to extract from? Right now, flavonoids are used in food production like food preservation and some pharmacology, but they're extracted from really cheap sources and they're not intended for anti-inflammation. But these flavonoids were specifically grown, specifically isolated, specifically extracted and mixed into a complex with like over 23 different flavonoids. And the result was like this really cool anti-inflammation effect. And so it said on paper, since then, I've independently worked to verify that since March of this year and of 2022. And now I can safely say I'm really a big fan of flavonoids. And so a lot of what you'll see me doing and 
talking about in 2023 is related to bringing flavonoids products to the market because they have some advantages over like CBD oils or pain pills that that are going to make it easier to enjoy life. Yeah. I, yeah. And I know that my partner, Richard, and his wife tried them and it was like, wow, these are really helpful. And oh. you tried the gummies, just to say for anyone listening, the gummies that you tried were formulations that we put together for AM, PM, and anytime, like an energy, a sleep, and like a big anti-inflammation. The gummies right. with the flavonoids that we have coming out, they're going to be called flavonoids gummies. And they will be coming out like in, in January 2023. And they're different in that the ones you tried didn't have the flavonoids in them because we didn't have those out of R&D yet. But now we have them out of R&D. So instead of having AMPM Anytime formulation, now we have an extra strength and regular strength anti-inflammation that is a one-a-day solution. So that's the major difference, just to put that out there. And I just have a question. Is this... Something that in the States, the FDA or Food Drug Administration gets involved with or? No, not at all, which is bizarre. When I learned about flavonoids, I'm like, is this a cannabinoid We're product like CBD? And I know I said, is this a THC product? Does this have terpenes in it? What kind of product is this? They're like, no, it's not anything like that. Those, the CBD oils and THCs, those are taken from the flowers of the plants. Okay. Flavonoids are taken from the stems and the leaves, not the flowers. And this is a botanical supplement, sometimes called a health supplement, depending on the situation, but not FDA regulated at all, which is wonderful news. Yeah, it's certainly easier to get to market. Definitely. All right. So you also have a book coming out. You spend a little bit of time talking about that. I think it's coming out in January, right? Yeah, you're so kind. Thanks for talking what through these different projects that I have. Yeah. yeah, I am passionate. My my work family is very much like my family, as and I consider you a personal friend, but also part of this work family. And so this talking about work for me is also part of my passion. It's not because I don't have anything else to do. It's because I'm trying to make more of a holistic lifestyle, integrating my work as part of that. So I can't really separate myself from my work. I can in healthy ways. But in this conversation, the book piece of this is something that I'm, I've am i been really challenged with for four years. I was challenged over four years ago to write a book about how to save bees. And I could not write that book without helping people to understand how to get their projects finished on time and on budget and how to have all those skills. So I still haven't written the book about how to save bees. And I don't know if I'll have all the answers, but this book that I have coming out is a workbook, a training workbook is called, will you level up? And will you level up is a, it has several modules. It's a leadership mastery training course, project coordination, skill set building. And it's going to come out in an ebook version first. It's going to be less than $10. And you can read about 15 minutes of it a day. There's exercises, there's analysis, there's a lot of different professional ways that someone 14 years or older of age could align themselves with how to get their dream projects underway. So 
That's essentially coming out in January. It's it's ready now, but I'm waiting for my website to be live. Yeah. And, but it's funny. The other day, I, I'm mentoring a group out of Israel that's doing amazing things. And when we were talking to the group that put the mentors and mentees together, some somebody had said, you've got to stick with your purpose. Stick with your purpose. Just focus on your purpose. And I said, okay. As somebody that has stuck with my purpose and focused on my purpose, I have since 2000. I've been doing this maybe even earlier when my daughter was born, right? But I have stuck with my purpose, but it's more than that. You actually have to understand the financial and how the cash flows and how you get projects and how do you get... There's so much more. And when I was saying it, they were like, oh, no, just stick with your purpose. And I thought, okay, but that is naive because I am as purposeful as any person you'll ever meet, so are you, so is, so are so many. But I personally think society has failed me because I have worked so hard for society. I have given so much. I've financed. I've used my own money. I haven't taken salaries. But I knew that my work was needed and I still believe it's needed. And so, and I'm not saying, I'm not being mean. I just think that society is failing people trying to make a difference and we have to do better now. We will certainly give you just so much money if you're a good sports figure or you're a good actress or whatever, but I think society has to shift to support people that are really spending their whole lives making a difference because there's so much for us all to do. So that was one reason why I really really liked when I met you. I meet people all the time. I love people, but you stood out for me. I agree with you that society is, if you don't mind me just responding a little bit and saying your observations, your experiences are different than my observations and experiences, but there is a lot that we can compare between our observations and experiences. And a lot of what reality is comparing notes and trying to decide what is real and what should be real and what should change. And I am going to just say thank you on behalf of everyone who loves you and listens to what you have to say because you are an amazing human. Thank Thank you you. for your contributions, Deborah, and for not taking, you know, money for you, you spending your own money. And I've noticed that when we're talking about what we know as individuals and what we know as professionals, we're supposed to be able to delineate that. We're supposed to separate those things. Society tells us that you're supposed to have your home life and it's supposed to be completely separate from your work life. But that's not real life. Real life is that, and it always has been this way, that the second you put down work, real life begins. And you can put down work as often as you're able or that you need to in order to attend to real life. And for example, mothers, they're typically attending to real life much more than they're plugging into a traditional job or work, even though more women are in the workforce and in positions of educated power than ever. Yay, women. But I will say I'm, I am disturbed as well that there has been a severe lack of representation. A lot of what you do for your work has brought to light in my own work and mind what it is can change. And for in the Will You Level Up course, what I'm trying to attempt to do is to provide people with a group of skills and a path forward, examples of how to ask the right questions and very practical advice 
that you can get through in about 15 minutes per day that you can apply in the immediate moment and start changing your worldview so that you don't expect anyone else to save you. Whoever's listening, don't expect anyone else to save you, but that you expect to lift yourself up with the help of people here to do that. And I'll be here for you, Deborah, and you've been here for me. And I want to be here for your entire group of community because I think what I'll end up doing is just giving everyone in your group, can I give you guys like a coupon code where it's only going to cost a dollar or something for the training book, something easy like that? No, but what you can do is take a dollar off and then the nine, because we also need to pay you for your work. Cause remember what, but I think that would be great to do something mm-hmm. on billion strong because you're a billion strong advisor. Anyway, it would be, we want to highlight the book on billion strong and encourage everybody to use it, but no, don't discount it that much. Do well, not. I will. If anyone needs that, just so you know, oh, right. anyone anybody needs, needs that, that they can reach out and I will absolutely give it for free. If anyone absolutely. needs the book and I cannot agree. pay yeah. this, like Deborah, you're a shining star as an advocate and you've been recognized at the top levels of our nation for your work. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't didn't don't get to go to your house like I did and get to casually see the awards sitting around that you don't make a big deal about. And you've you've gotten this far from talking about what you know and sharing that information and what you can learn inside of the way you level up training workbook is about what you can share. That's the whole purpose and intent is once you know how to do, you're going to be showing someone else how to do it, whether or not you realize it, you know, it's going to be improving society just from your own improvement. And a lot of these people that are getting laid off from the big tech firms now for like never before, I I predict a lot of those really smart technologists aren't going to want to go back into corporations that I believe what they're going to do is they're going to step out and start wanting to make a difference. And not that they haven't been making difference where they are, but I have a feeling the gig economy is going to jump even more because I don't think people want to be part. A lot of people are waking up and they don't want to be, they want to be part of the solution, not accidentally part of the problem. Yeah. I would like to say that if there is a anyone listening who is in a position where they are dissatisfied with their contributions or what their contributions and intelligence have gone towards. People like Deborah, people like myself are master networkers because what we do is we're like spiders on a web. We put our we put ourselves on the tendrils of the web and listen for vibrations to see what's happening and where something's coming from, where we send a vibration. And that's what we can do here is we can all vibe together if we're stuck. And if we want to contribute in new ways between your group with Root Global Impact and Billion Strong and between the work that I do, whether it's in technology or wellness, et cetera, or as a consultant author trying to help people make the best of their lives, like we, we can, we're here for your group, right? I know that about you and I'm really grateful to have been introduced to this really wonderful family of people you've built in your community. I know. So blessed. So blessed with the souls mm-hmm. around me. And you mentioned technology. I do want to, mm-hmm. and this sort of off topic a little bit, but not I love really technology. Enough. I know. And so you actually introduced Rue Global to Aircoins and they were doing some really cool projects with them. And the audience might say, what? Could you connect those dots a little bit? Because I don't know. You're just, it's so interesting what you're into. 
I would love to. I think the most important invention maybe we've ever had is the cell phone. And I think that it saves lives. It educates babies. It gives us directions. And now we're connecting ourselves with people we've never met through the internet easier than ever on our phones. And the thing is, that's all, that's work. That's life. But we also are using our phones for fun and games and to find things to do. And so I like technology that's fun. I like technology that increases quality of life or wellness or does something at the end of it. And Aircoins that you mentioned, the website is Aircoins, A-I-R-C-O-I-N-S dot I-O. So Aircoins dot I-O. And Aircoins, a little over four years ago through LinkedIn, I received a message from the CEO of Aircoins. He said, we're launching a, an augmented reality mobile e-game where you can collect treasures on a map outdoors and you just get to keep whatever you collect. And would you like to talk about coming on to help us with marketing? So I did end up coming on to the project. We ended up launching. And four years later, we're the largest treasure hunting apps with digital assets in the world. And Imal Safi is his name. He's the CEO of Aircoins. Imal is that super genius kid that grew up to be a super genius dad. And his family and his kids, they're all into arts and gaming and health and wellness. And he's created Aircoins, I think, for the next generation. People that do want to get out and want to have fun and want to turn digital assets into some sort of way to invest in themselves or gain access. communities. Right. Because it's really cool what we're seeing, how we're connecting it with the diversity, the disability inclusion, and the accessibility, because we must have tech for all. We must have tech for good. We met, So I love how we're, I know that you're working closely with my partner, Richard, a former Disney Imagineer, and it's really cool what we're starting to do with this. And this is not about anybody that's watching tokenism and talk the cryptocurrency. This isn't, this is d- different. This is a different lane. I yeah, think this it is, is called a utility a- token. It's like a it's like yeah. a token you would put into a video game. Think of it like that. It's not yeah. a quarter that you'd spend at the store exactly. It's more like a right. token right. in a video game. And those tokens, instead of only spending them, you can reuse different kinds of digital tokens for different things. You don't only have to use them once. Pretty soon, these digital tokens and things you collect will represent other perks that you get. So if you hold right. a token, it's not just that it counts towards like points or something like that. It also counts towards maybe getting a discount at your favorite restaurant or maybe even a free sandwich somewhere. Some other sort of perk that you like through your credit card points that you can do through the game now. So yeah, the Airpoints game is a blast. It's free. That's what I think the most fascinating part of this whole thing is, is Emol figured out a way to create a system that is free to everybody. And I know how much money has been spent keeping everything up and running. And the project itself has a lot of companies that are trying to buy the company because it is so well-developed and the community is going strong. But if anyone is curious, they can just go to the aircoins.io website. It's for whatever you have, Android or an iOS, we got you covered. And you can download the game direct to your phone. You open it up. 
And wherever you open it up the first time is where it's considered your home base. So every time you open up the app, more coins and things will appear to you. And I encourage everyone to have a great time figuring out how to snatch air coins, digital assets in their game. I agree. And also using it right, you can pull communities together. You can really pull us together and we can really engage with each other in more powerful ways than we've done in the past, which we're really excited about that. Just the, how can we take something that's been created and really use it to help people feel that they belong more, that they're included. So we just love the opportunities here. And um, Richard has done such an incredible job of distilling his so smart. information into how to improve the game. And just to give context to everybody, it's been a few months since Root Global and Aircoins have partnered. And when we say partner, we're legitimately saying partner, like we're in the same family now working towards utilizing the platform and the gaming for this community aspect and for building the community even bigger. And something that's fascinating about Richard is that he's already improved the game, even though the things that he's improved haven't appeared in the game yet. What we have happening this coming year and many of the features we have are direct input from Rude Global and from Richard and yourself in those meetings that have helped us to make everything even more fun or better, including getting together with other members of the community in the game and different kinds of contests and personal adventures and how to maximize taking the energy put into your phone and making it count towards something, whether it's better exercise for yourself, whether it's actually collecting digital assets that you end up doing something with in a marketplace, or whether it is simply doing something safe and fun that is not going to hurt anybody or yourself. Yeah. And also at a time, and I know I've kept you longer than I was supposed to, but I just want to make this one comment. Then I want you to tell the audience how to find out about your work. But at a time when we are talking about the metaverse and artificial intelligence and all these different things, we, the gamers can teach society so much. The gamers have learned how to really build a community. And so I see the metaverse and a lot of these people that haven't been involved in the gaming saying, oh, and I think, Go to the gamers. They've already done this. They know how to include. And yes, we can do better about inclusion, but it's just really exciting to see how these efforts like Aircoins can be used to support communities like the 1.5 billion people with disabilities. So I just love it. And it allows us to get to know each other better and things like that. So I'm hopeful about it. But Alicia, how can people find out about your work? How can they find about your book? Do you have one common website they can go to? I know you're heavily engaged on social media. So how do we find you? Yes, thanks for asking. And anybody can find me a new website that's launching. I have this website called selectwbe.com. So that means select wind, bees, and earth. Selectwbe.com. And it's selectwbe.com, which is launching in this new year, specifically for anyone interested in what I'm doing or want to get a copy of the book or you want to check out those flavonoid gummies, you want to learn more about Aircoins or any of the new programs I'm working on that are eco-friendly related to ocean plastics offset. I love that project. So, wow. I'm so excited about it too. Selectwbe.com is the easiest way to get involved. And I can say anything that's not on the site 
If someone could reach out to me, no problem. And I could answer any question that they would have. I actually am not on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on any You're of on the LinkedIn other. Now. Yeah, but I am on LinkedIn. And that will also Very be active. the website. If someone wants to find me, they can click in through my selectwbe.com. And if I went to you on LinkedIn, what is your name on LinkedIn? Alicia B. Forrester Scott. And if you just typed in Alicia B, my first name is spelled a little different than other Alicia's. My name is Alicia, A-L-I-S-H-A, Alicia B, like the insect B-E-E. If you typed in Alicia B, I think I'm the only Alicia B that comes up and you can see Alicia B. Forrester Scott. I searched, I searched for you just to make sure. And it was like, cause I just call you Alicia B, but I love that you added B to your name because you really want to protect the earth. So thank you, Alicia B. Forrester Scott. So for my audience, once again, it is selectwbwbe.com. And we'll make sure that we send the link. And, and once again, Alicia, you can reach out to her also on LinkedIn or through me. I know how to get hold of her. Thank you. Thank you for your wisdom, for your caring about the planet, about each other. Thank you for fighting for your daughter and for other women. And I just really am grateful to you, Alicia. And I want to give you the last words before we go off. I am grateful to have met you. And I'm grateful to earlier today, I got to talk with your son for the first time. So I want to acknowledge Kevin. And I know that the producers of your show and your business partners, they're all like me. We want to stay close together and keep working together. So that's what my parting words would be is let's stay close to each other and let's work together. We're stronger together. And it, we must be servant leaders. It is time to be servant leaders and help everyone move forward. Thank you to the audience. Thank you, Alicia B. Forrester Scott. And thank you to my producer, Kevin, in the background. And I will talk to everybody in 2023. You've been listening to Human Potential at Work. To learn more about Rue Global Impact, visit rueglobal.com. And to learn more about Billion Strong, an identity and empowerment organization designed to bring the billions of voices of persons with disabilities together, You can join the global community and donate at billion-strong.org. That's billion-strong.org.